And we are so fortunate to have here on Cats and Cosby the 48th Vice President of the United States, former Vice President Mike Pence with us. So great to have you here. Oh, gosh, it's great to see you, Rita. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's great to be back in New York City. Well, it's good to see you in our studios, and it's good that you were once a radio person, so you know what studios look like and you know how to operate in them. <laughs> I spent uh, most of the 1990s on uh, talk radio in the state of Indiana. Not Nothing like WABC, but we were well, uh, a lot of little mom-and-pop radio stations all we, across the state every Since day. we're talking about radio, I'm yeah. going to go off, off script. Yeah. And uh, the electric vehicle companies are trying to take AM radios out of their, they're trying to take AM radios out of the cars. And we were part of the FEMA, we were part of the National Defense System uh, in case of emergency. And uh, I think it's wrong to do that, take AM radios out of the cars. John, it's completely wrong. Uh, And and I, I have to tell you, for me... AM talk radio, which, which remember back in the 1980s, people were talking about shutting down AM radio. And then talk radio and WABC and elsewhere around the country all took off. And it's become a, a meeting place for the American people. It's where we come together, we get information, and uh, taking nothing away from FM, taking nothing away from satellite radio, but uh, making sure that uh, these new electric vehicles include FM and AM, as well as all the other new technology, I think is a real priority for the free flow of information in America well, and maintaining an open debate across I this agree country. with 100 percent, and we're going to challenge the electric vehicle companies on, on trying to take a, uh, good for AM you. radios out, and uh, it's only common sense that we keep them. But yeah, there's so many things happening in the world. I don't know where you want to start. You want to start on the borders. I mean, the fentanyl is killing 100,000 Americans a year, every 12 months, and nobody's doing anything about it. John, thanks for starting with fentanyl, because we all see on television every night the worst crisis on our border in history. Five million people allowed to come across our border in the first two years of the Biden administration after they ended construction of the wall. They effectively ended the Remain in Mexico policy that we negotiated in the Trump-Pence administration. And an avalanche of humanity has been coming into our country. You put your finger on what, what too often is not talked about, and that is as the cartels are engaged in this unprecedented human trafficking across our southern border, they're also engaging in, in moving a narcotics, most especially fentanyl, into virtually every community in this country, it is claiming lives. I have to tell you, as I travel around the country and meet with law enforcement, there is no city or town in America that isn't battling back against fentanyl. And that makes literally every state, every community in America uh, is a border state. It's a border community. They're all dealing with this. It's one of the reasons why we have to get back to the policies that we put into effect that reduced illegal immigration and asylum abuse by 90%, because then you have the ability to send resources and confront the flow of illegal drugs and, and other people that uh, are attempting to come into our country with dangerous intent. It, it's, it happens that Saudi Arabia hates our people in charge in Washington so much. China is using their influence to uh, get Saudi Arabia to recognize Iran. I mean, what is going on here, uh, Mr. Vice President? I think you're witnessing a vacuum of leadership on the global stage, largely owing to the failed policies of the Biden administration. 
I mean, the fact that you now have you had President Xi in Moscow with Putin earlier this week, you you have China negotiating relations and some sort of a normalization between Saudi Arabia and Iran is all evidence of a vacuum that's been created about the United States pulling back. I mean, we're sending mixed signals to our most cherished ally, Israel. Instead of building on the Abraham Accords, that were that was the first peace agreement in the wider Arab world with the state of Israel and Arab nations in 25 years. And for the first two years of the Biden administration, they wouldn't even use the term Abraham Accords. That's what they should have been doing. But but literally, whether it be, you know, kowtowing to Iran, begging them to come back into the Iran nuclear deal, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan or the really the the slow support of uh, of the Ukrainian military that continues to U.S. support continues to move too slowly today. It's a vacuum of American leadership. It's one of the reasons why we need strong, bold leader. We're the leader of the free world. And if America's not leading in the free world, the free world's not being led. Mr. Vice President, we do have a problem. I'm not sure we're going to make it to 2076 unless we have new leadership in our country, because you saw what happened in Venezuela. In 20 short years, it went from the wealthiest country in South America to zero. Yeah, and we're sitting here watching it all, and it is chaotic. It feels rudderless. It, it is. And the Democratic Party is just advancing socialist policy. And I, and I just gave a speech at William and Lee this week, John and Rita. And, and it, I, was, I, I got with a group of college kids because I want, I want to speak plainly to young people in this country about the fact that we have a national debt the size of our nation's economy today, but left unchecked. If we're unwilling to provide compassionate and common sense reforms to entitlements in this country, in the next 30 years, John, that $32 trillion is going to swell to $150 trillion. And that's going to crush the American economy under an avalanche of debt. And we'll be faced with only bad choices of either doubling middle income taxes or actually considering cutting programs for people that actually need them. It's one of the reasons why I'm calling. Uh, not, I mean, Joe Biden's policy is insolvency. But I'm calling on leaders all across our party to just let's roll our sleeves up. Let's be honest with the American people about the debt crisis that we're facing. The only way out of it is growth, restoring the policies that we had in effect in the Trump-Pence years of less taxes, less regulation, more American energy. But then let's have a conversation about the need for common sense and compassionate reform for younger Americans of these entitlement programs and save our country from a crushing mountain range of debt. You know, we're talking about all these huge issues, Mr. Vice President. Everybody, we're talking to the former Vice President, Mike Pence, here on Cats and Cosby. Um, And I think about between the border, between Russia, Ukraine, economy. Um, But it seems that Democrats are focused on Trump, 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 especially with the grand jury. What are your thoughts just about all of that? Well, I addressed that this weekend when the the word originally emerged of the possibility of indicting a former president of the United States on uh, campaign finance charges seven years in the past. It, it clearly it was from the very get go. I said it was obviously politically charged. I think tens of millions of Americans have come to that conclusion. My my hope is that even the Manhattan DA will think better of it and not go forward. But, uh, but you know, i got to be honest with you. You're right, Rita, the way you put it. The media is preoccupied with this story. 
And it looks uh, like the DA may, hmm. might be blinking because there was an, uh, uh, how do you say, an oh crap moment a few times this week yeah, uh, when they realized uh, with Bob Costello when uh, he testified in the uh, in the grand jury. Yeah, that's right. And the grand jury, uh, a few of them were scratching their heads. John, uh, I, you know, I, I hope that's right. Look, I, uh, we all know nobody's above the law, but nobody's beneath the law either. And when you have someone who, you had an AG in this state, now you have this Manhattan DA who campaigned on going after one particular American. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like um, uh, equal treatment before the law that every American expects. And so, look, I, I don't know the facts uh, around this case or the merits of it, and not here to defend it. But I'm, I, I'm here to say my hope is, since it has never happened before in American history, that even the Manhattan DA Ulysses, will think- Ulysses S. Grant, while he was president, was arrested for racing his horse around Washington. Well, right. that, that would be. But, well, thanks <laughs> for that, John. By the way, that might have been more serious, that, right? <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, in this case, I truly do believe that the notion of bringing criminal charges against a former president based on campaign finance violations of seven years ago, it just seems to me it does not rise to the level... But, Rita, I love what you said. Bottom line, this is not what the American people are talking about. I've been traveling all over the country. The American people want us to deal with the challenges facing families with record inflation, the crisis at the border, uh, Russia on the move, all the challenges we face. That's where I'm going to stay focused in the Mr. months Mr. Vice ahead. President, thank you so much for coming in today. And uh, we look forward to having more discussions with you because it seems like you have real common sense. Yeah, we, <laughs> we need more of that. And it's such an honor to see and you. And you're an Indiana you. person. That means you're from the Hoosier State. Yeah, you know all about that. My wife. <laughs> She's the best. Give her my best. Thank you so much. Thank you. An honor to have you here. Thank you both.